The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning, wherever you're at, however you're doing. I, I pray that as we have gone through Labor Day weekend, everyone's back to school, football's starting. Uh, it seems like fall, but it doesn't feel like fall. Uh, I hope that as you process through, what, how do I best engage with God? What, what do I need to be doing right now? I love that you've chosen to come to church online. We'd love to see you back in person. But most importantly, I hope that you are getting connected, not only with the Lord, but with others uh, as safely as you can do so. I understand that it's a weird time right now, but that it is so important for our growth that we connect with people. Today, as we're in Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25, just another few verses, it is probably one of my most favorite stories about Jesus, and it's simply because of how it all unfolds. I I can picture it. I I can sense being there, and that's my desire today is that uh, we paint a picture as we walk through these texts. I I don't just want to fly through and read it. I want to paint a picture. I want to make sure that you're there in the boat with Jesus. You're feeling the wind and the waves. You're, You're sensing what the disciples are sensing. You're hearing what Jesus is saying, I I want us to be in this narrative because it is truly, truly a great one. Let's begin with Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 23. It says this, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Okay, simple enough. Luke just says one day, but let me set up the context of what's been happening here. Jesus has finished preaching the sermon and parables. Okay, we, we talked about that briefly a few weeks ago. He's finished that, but the crowd was so large while he was teaching that he had to actually get out in a boat with his disciples. He set out, went about 100 feet or so away from shore, and then he taught back to the people on the shoreline. When he had concluded that message, instead of just rowing 100 feet or so back to shore, he looked at his disciples. He said, hey, let's go the other side. Let's go the other side of the lake. Now, this lake is actually the Sea of Galilee, okay, about seven miles across. So this is not a simple journey. You're not just going to be like, hey, let's just paddle across. We'll be there in a few minutes. It's seven miles across the lake. The western side of the lake where they're heading to is a much more remote side of the Sea of Galilee. Far fewer people live there. So we know that Jesus is trying to retreat. We know he's trying to go find rest. We know that the mob on the shore, they want more and more and more and more of him. And he said to his disciples, let's go. Let's just take a little break from this. Recharge our batteries. Seems like a great idea. The problem is it's evening time. The disciples in the boat, at least many of them, have been raised on this lake. You really don't want to be caught out in the middle of the lake in the middle of the night. They know this, but hey, when Jesus says go, they go. And they start to paddle. They set out, verse 23. As they sailed, he fell asleep. Okay? He fell asleep. It's Mark that tells us he went to the stern or the back of the boat, curled up on a life preserver, and started to rest. He was tired. He'd been preaching all day. It's a Sunday afternoon nap for him. 
So they're sailing, they're rowing. He's asleep, but a squall came down on the lake. The squall, that phrase there in the Greek, it's literally a furious squall, but it's the same word for a hurricane. Now, I, I don't want you to think that a hurricane just showed up. That's not what happened. But this is a massive storm. This is kind of a once in a decade type of storm. The Sea of Galilee, it sits several hundred feet below sea level. It's surrounded by 2,000 foot high hills. So it very rarely has massive storms. But every once in a while, every once in a while, when the wind comes from the east, which is very rare, okay, very rare, it's rare here, it's rare in Jerusalem for the wind to come from the east. But when it does, it can dip down over those hills, shoot down towards the Sea of Galilee, and cause massive, massive waves on the lake. Now, once again, it doesn't happen often. But in 1992, there were 12-foot-high waves recorded on the Sea of Galilee as they crashed into Tiberias on the western side of the sea. And this is what's happening now. Matthew tells us that this storm came without warning. So Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat. A furious squall comes up. The boat they're in has roughly four to five foot high sides. Let's say the waves are between eight and 12 feet. It's being swamped. The boat is being swamped. See, see it right there. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. I love how Luke says that. Yeah, we, yeah. Obviously, they were in very great danger. So I want you once again to be in the story. I want you there in the boat. You have the disciples, many of whom have heard stories of this type of squall. They're terrified. Their lives are in immediate danger. They didn't have time to prepare for this. They're somewhere in the middle of the lake. All they can do is row like crazy, bail like crazy, try to keep this boat afloat. That's all they can do. And Jesus is sleeping in the back. Now, I love a good nap during a thunderstorm. Okay, rain outside, even a few claps of thunder. There's something about it that soothes me, but this is ridiculous. This is next level crazy. There is water literally pouring over the sides of the boat, and Jesus is back there resting, taking a little nappy nap. You got to be tired to sleep through something like this. Let's look at verse 24. The disciples went, and they woke him up, saying, Master! Master, we're going to drown. We are going to die. Get up. Get up. Now, normally, normally they refer to Jesus as teacher, rabbi. And in fact, Mark's account of this story, that's what they say, teacher, teacher. But Luke changes it. They say, master, master. Why the change? Well, the word master can also mean commander. I'm not saying they all went Navy nautical on us, but I do think it gives us a picture of what they're desiring. Jesus, get up, not time for napping, grab a paddle or a bucket and tell us what to do. You are the commander of this vessel. 
We're out here because you said go. We've seen you do miraculous things. You gotta wake up. We're going to die. Tell us exactly what to do. And look what happens next. Okay, are you there? Are, are, are you in this? Look what happens next. He got up. Now, now I picture this, you know, like kind of as a teenager, like you're trying to wake him up and get him out of bed. He's like, what? What's going on? And I, I think he looks around and assesses the situation quickly. And he stands up, you know, kind of wiping the water and the sleep out of his eyes at the same time. And he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. And at that moment, the storm subsided. And right then, all was calm. He didn't give orders to the disciples on the boat. He didn't take the helm and navigate them through the waves, barking out, Peter, row to the left. James, bail, bail, bail. He just gets up and he goes, hey, wind, waves, stop. It's actually in Mark chapter 4, verse 39 that we get his exact words. I love this. He got up. He rebuked the wind, okay? Hey, wind, stop! He rebuked the wind, and then he said to the waves, I love this, he can literally speak to the waves. He said, quiet, you waves, be still. At that moment, the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Are, are you in the boat at this moment now? Dripping wet gasping for air, so relieved that you're not going to die anymore, but wondering, what just happened? Are you kidding me? We, we needed you to grab a paddle, and you just calmed the storm. Jesus has a question for them. Luke chapter 8, verse 25. Where is your faith? Now, you could say a lot of things after you just spoke to the wind and the waves and they listened. But Jesus goes right to the heart. He looks his disciples in the eye and he says, where is your faith? Don't you know who I am? I think Jesus is still asking us this question today. I think he's looking at some of us dripping wet from the storm that we're currently in, exhausted from trying to fight the wind and the waves. He's looking at us today and he's asking the same question, where is your faith? Why are you so afraid? Don't you know who I am? I don't say this lightly, but I have to ask, you know, are you one of those anxious, worried people? Is that just kind of, does that describe you? I know it describes so many. It describes me in seasons. But if that's you, I, I really do believe that Jesus is not looking at you to mock you and say, where's your faith? He's going, hey, don't you know who I am? I'm in the boat with you. I've got you. You just gotta trust. You gotta, you gotta believe that I can do more than just paddle. 
I'm not, I'm not just someone to come and lighten the misery. I'm not just going to come alongside you and barely help you get through. No, when you call on me, commander, I, I don't just grab a bucket. I speak to the wind and the waves. I calm the storm. That's what I do because I'm Jesus. And so for those of you who may be caught in an unexpected storm and very afraid, wondering what if I can't keep the ship afloat? What if the wind doesn't die down? We can, we can stop being figurative. What if the results of the test are bad? What if the money's just not there? What if this struggle gets worse, not better? What if I can't beat this addiction? What if this relationship crumbles? What if, what if, what if, what if Jesus get up and just, just help a little bit? And he goes, no, that's not what I want to do. It's not what I want to do. I want to come in the midst of your storm. I want to come, wrap my arms around you, and I want to speak powerful words over those crises, over those situations. And I can, if you believe that I can. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. When, when I speak, here's, here's what happens. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire. Huge biblical point here. Not necessarily what you desire. The disciples just wanted help paddling. That's all they wanted. But God had a different plan. He was going to calm the storm. So when my word goes out, it will work every time. But it will work based on what I desire. Based on what I intend to happen. Based on my plan. My sovereignty for my glory. I will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it out. I don't speak in vain. I don't speak just to hear myself talk. When I talk, stuff happens. In church today, that word, that voice, that Lord, he's not some distant God that doesn't care. He's in the boat with you in the calm waters, and in the stormy seas. He's with you. He's for you. He cares about you. And all he desires is that you know, that you know who's in the boat with you. That you believe that when he speaks, his words do not come back void. When he speaks, the wind and the waves, they listen. He commands them. Let's finish verse 25 in the 8th chapter of Luke. In fear and amazement, they ask one another. So, I think Jesus goes back to sleep. That, that, that's dead on us what I think happens. He's like, let's just keep on heading west. I'm going to go back to bed. And so the disciples have a little huddle. And they're whispering at this point. What in the world? They're a little bit afraid. They're very amazed, and they ask one another a very important question. Who is this? 
Who is this guy sleeping in the back of the boat? Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. They obey him. Guys, you all saw this, right? They, they, he stood up and didn't address us. He talked to the water and then to the wind, and all now is calm. All is good. Who is this? Now, the disciples are getting smarter. In the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, when he cast out several demons, the disciples asked amongst themselves, what is this? What, what is this? This is new. This is different. What is this? They're getting closer. Having the correct question does matter. They're getting closer. Instead of what is this, now it's who is this? Who is this man sleeping in our boat? Well, he is the master and the commander. That's who he is. He is Lord. He holds all things together. He commands it all. That's something very important for us to remember. Because far too often we ask Jesus to do things that he's like, I could do that, but I could do a lot more. You, you, want, me for, you want me to do this because that makes you feel comfortable. But honestly, I, I can do a whole lot more. I command it all. Colossians 1, 16 and 17, it says, For in him all things were created, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, things that are visible, even things that are invisible. He created them. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him. He spoke them literally into existence. He spoke them in. They were created through him, and they were created for him. He is before all things. He commands all things, and in him all things hold together. Your life being one of those very precious things that he spoke into existence, that he has not forsaken, has not abandoned you, has not left you out in the wind and the waves to fend for yourself. He just wants you to ask. He wants you to ask him to speak, to move, to respond to the wind and the waves in your life. And because all things were created by him and for him, they must, they must relent. They must listen. They have no choice. He is the commander. So I ask you today, who do you say he is? And, and don't, don't just immediately jump to, well, he's Lord, he's the commander. Don't, don't just jump there. Really deep dive into your own heart and ask yourself that question. Who do you say he is? Who do you believe that he is? Is he a nice companion? Is he a capable friend? Or is he Lord of the universe, commander of all? The one in whom you have full faith and full hope and full trust. Who is he? He's someone that wants to help you, that wants to meet you in your storm. He wants to speak to the wind and the waves in your life. Today, I, I want to encourage any of you who are in the midst of a storm, I want to encourage you to invite the Lord of the universe into that storm with you, not just to stand by your side, not just to grab a paddle, but to intercede on your behalf. I want you to ask the Lord of the universe in faith 
to do what you cannot do for yourself. And remember, when he speaks, he's gonna speak based on his desires. He's gonna speak based on what is best for you. Sometimes we don't know that. And then we get frustrated going, I prayed and he didn't answer. No, he did, he did. Just maybe not in the way you wanted. But don't let that deter you from continuing to ask, continuing to lay your requests and your petitions before him. Because he cares for you. He's for you. I challenge you, challenge you today, church, to invite the commander of the universe, the Lord of the universe into your storm. And the second challenge is even more foundational, even more important. If you have not invited the commander of the universe, the Lord of the universe, if you've not invited him into your life, into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your savior, if you've not done that, then, then do that first. Do that first as the anchor, as the foundation that you need to weather the storms of this life. Regardless though, regardless of where you're at or what decision you need to make today, and I pray you make a decision. Regardless, I want you to know who's in the boat with you. He is the master. He's the commander. He's the Lord. His name is Jesus. He's with you in the storm and he's for you. He loves you. Don't ever forget that. Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for the care that you give. Thank you for your son, Jesus, that he is holding all things together for your glory. God, may we press into him today for the needs in our life that you so willingly want to meet. May we understand that you can do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever guess, imagine, or request. So may our requests be bold. May our prayers be huge. May we know that you love us. May we serve you well. It's all for you, Jesus. It's your name we pray.